everybody, this is Jordan Seculo, guest hosting for Sean Hannity today. I want to thank Sean and Linda for letting me do this. Uh, if you know about uh, the Seculos, you may know my dad, Jay Seculo, chief counsel of the ACLJ and one of the lead attorneys for President Trump. Uh, I am the co-host of his radio broadcast, Jay Seculo Live. I've appeared a number of times on Sean's radio and television broadcast. Uh, and uh, I'm also on President Trump's legal team, was on it for the Mueller, the entire Mueller investigation, and for whenever we do have the impeachment trial. We've also got three cases right now uh, up at the Supreme Court on behalf of President Trump uh, that'll be argued in March. So very busy when it comes to our legal work, but we're happy to be here today to talk to you. We've put together a really awesome show for you uh, to talk about where we stand with this impeachment. We've got a former ambassador uh, that President Trump nominated who's now running for U.S. Senate to talk about what it was like as an ambassador. He was an ambassador to Japan, what it was like working with the State Department, why he is so opposed to this impeachment. So we'll talk to him. But coming up, we've got Congressman Louis Gohmert from the House Judiciary Committee, Greg Jarrett, of course, talking about some new information that came out on Friday that John Durham, the U.S. attorney uh, that Bill Barr appointed, Attorney General Barr appointed, is now looking into John Brennan, the Obama CIA director, and his contact about the dossier in Russia. And I just want to remind you that anytime John Durham is investigating someone, he's doing so for criminal purposes. That's why U.S. attorneys investigate for criminal purposes. They're not like inspector generals. So we're going to talk to Greg Jarrett, a Fox News legal analyst and author of the bestseller Witch Hunt about that. Then Ned Ryan from American Majority. It's a great organization. They train candidates across the country. He's got a new book out. We'll talk about that. Uh, Ambassador Bill Haggerty. We were talking about him. He was the ambassador to Japan. I just finished his mission there. He's uh, declared now for U.S. Uh, Senate uh, candidate in Tennessee. Uh, and we're going to talk to him about the impeachment, but also, again, what it was like working with that State Department and uh, those government bureaucrats as well. And uh, we're also throughout the broadcast. If you uh, ever listen to Jay Secchio Live or you know us at American Center for Law and Justice, you know Than Bennett, our Director of Government Affairs, who is almost on radio with us every day. He's almost like a second co-host, if you will. Uh, he's got a new book coming out uh, later this year, but he's also going to be on to break down some of the what's going on in the House and the Senate, specifically when it comes to, ju to uh, judicial nominees. Unbelievable numbers when it comes to how well President Trump, working alongside Chairman Graham of the Judiciary Committee, uh, of course, Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, and uh, uh, we've uh, you've got uh, today on the broadcast another Senate Judiciary Committee member, Senator John Kennedy, one of my favorites, Republican from Louisiana. He'll also be joining us uh, to talk about the impeachment, uh, the judicial nominations. Listen, these are issues that are so important, but we'll get his inside take on where he thinks we're going when Congress returns. You know, as the attorneys, we were kind of preparing for a January 6th, probably a start date trial around then in the U.S. Senate. But with Pelosi's stunt shredding the Constitution, uh, uh, trying this quid pro quo game with the U.S. Senate. And by the way, Mitch McConnell is having nothing of it. He's saying we got to cut this charade out. We got to absolutely cut this charade out. Uh, so that's what we've got coming up on the show today. Those guests will be joining us. And we're also going to provide you analysis throughout the show. But I do want to tell you a little bit more. If you're not as familiar with with me, uh, my name again, it's Jordan Seculo. I am the executive director of the American Center for Law and Justice, ACLJ. 
We are a legal, uh, nonprofit legal organization, conservative legal organization. We do uh, primarily focus on constitutional law and uh, issues from freedom of speech, religious liberty, uh, life. Uh, we have a big government affairs team in Washington, D.C. We have offices across the United States and international offices across the globe. Uh, I also co-host um, the JSECO Live radio broadcast, which is heard uh, Monday through Friday on about a thousand radio stations. And don't worry, we don't conflict with the Sean Hannity show. And I, I do want to remind you, too, I am an attorney. And so I'm also uh, outside of the role of ACLJ. I'm also uh, part of President Trump's legal team going back to the beginning of the uh, Mueller investigation through the report, through his testimony, and have stayed with that team now that we're in impeachment. I also authored, which I think is really cool because Sean uh, promoted the book a lot when it first came out. It's still pretty much brand new. The Next Red Wave. And I co-wrote it uh, with two attorneys at the ACLJ. One, uh, Matthew Clark, another Benjamin Sisney. Now, Ben was also on the president's legal team for the Mueller investigation. So I don't know any other book available now, political book available now, written by two members of President Trump's legal team who went through the Mueller investigation, who uh, remind you in this book and knew it was coming in this book, by the way, that they were not going to be done when Mueller was done, that the deep state would keep coming. And of course, that's become reality now with the this impeachment, if you want to call it that. I mean, these articles, abuse of power, what abuse and obstruction of Congress by, hey, the Supreme Court's taking up three cases. I wonder how the Supreme Court feels about a president being impeached for the Supreme Court taking up three cases to determine if Congress is right or if the president is right in his assertion of privilege. Sound like obstruction to you? So that is why I think, you know, everybody out there, Sean wrote on, on the cover of the book, the next red wave is a must read for anyone who cares about America anyone who cares about America. You can find the book at the next red wave.com. If you're, if you're an Amazon prime member, I think you can still get it in time for Christmas for your friends and family. It's a great book. Uh, again, uh, for your conservative friends and family, and it's a guide to victory. It's how conservatives can beat leftist aggression, rhino betrayal and deep state subversion, which will continue on. Uh, we believe when Donald Trump is reelected into his uh, second term as well. And we also want to make some gains in the House, maybe take back that House of Representatives. We're going to talk to Thad Bennett, the ACLJ's Director of Government Affairs, about that. So a little bit about me there. Uh, I also do a lot of focus on our international work. We've got offices in Europe, Africa, uh, uh, Russia, and some places we don't talk about because of the security of those individuals. And so we do a lot of work with those Americans who have been imprisoned ab abroad, uh, because of their faith and, and gotten them released, working with administrations. And let me tell you, the Trump administration has done an excellent job at doing that. Um, I, I do want to kind of remind people that the ACLJ is a totally nonprofit organization. So when we do the work that we do and we represent a client and we um, we get phone calls all day or ACLJ.org forward slash help is where people go. And especially even during the holiday season, you know, people ask, can I put my nativity scene out? Can I put the menorah out? And a happy Hanukkah to everyone celebrating Hanukkah and an early Merry Christmas to those of you uh, preparing for uh, Christmas Eve uh, tomorrow. But we get those right up until now. 
And we have attorneys always ready to answer, always ready to fight if necessary. So we stay very busy throughout the year. But we do all this work at absolutely free. We're a nonprofit organization. So whether it's the government affairs work on Capitol Hill, whether it's the legal work all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court on behalf of an individual, on behalf of a city or town or a community or a school district, uh, or on behalf of someone like you, we do it for absolutely nothing. So it doesn't cost you anything to have great legal, uh, a great legal team. And we have a great legal team. Just ask President Trump uh, because we've got three cases of the U.S. Supreme Court on behalf of him. Three cases granted uh, by the U.S. Supreme Court. But uh, so let me encourage you. Uh, this month is really important for the ACLJ. And I want to thank Sean for having me on and Linda for booking me on as well, because this is our most important month financially to prepare for the new year. And if you donate at ACLJ.org, that's ACLJ.org, you'll see on the top of the page, it says matching challenge. And this is what's really cool. So if you donate to ACLJ uh, at ACLJ.org, whatever you donate today, that could be like $20. I mean, and that means something. I want to remind all of you, like a campaign, we're very small uh, donor base. We're not big donor base. We're small donor base. So $20, $30, $40, those kind of donations really matter. So if you donated $25 right now, that's what you're charged on your credit card at aclj.org. That's all you've donated. But we have a group of donors that say, hey, we're going to match every donation that comes through in the month of December. So they'll match your 25. So for us and the ACLJ and the work that we do, that $25 that you donated effectively becomes $50. You can do the math based off what you're able, if you're able to financially contribute uh, today at aclj.org and be part of that matching challenge. But just to remind you today, we're going to get into impeachment. Where does it stand? You know, I talked about it uh, over the weekend on Fox, where the, the different options. It, has the president been impeached? I mean, we're, we've actually got that question now being asked by serious legal scholars, including us. We got Alan Dershowitz asking it. We have Noah Feldman, who was one of those professors uh, from Harvard, who testified uh, that he wanted President Trump impeached, but now has written an op-ed saying the president hasn't been impeached yet because Nancy Pelosi hasn't sent it over to the U.S. Senate. And then there's that other option of, does the Senate have to wait? Well, constitutionally, no, because the House has the sole power to impeach. The Senate has the sole power to try. But there's some rules issues there. We're going to get into that as well. Why the Senate can't just so quickly Uh, start a trial. We've been researching this, analyzing this as well at the ACLJ and in our work on behalf of President Trump. So coming up again on the broadcast right away, a great friend of Sean Hannity's, a great friend of the Seculos and of the American Center for Law and Justice, uh, Congressman Louis Gohmert. He was on the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, He got to question those expert witnesses. I kind of put that in quotes since three of the four uh, were the anti-Trumpers. Uh, But now that one has said, well, maybe impeachment hasn't occurred. So he's going to come on next. He's a Republican from Texas and also a former judge. And so and I know he's someone who has hosted this broadcast before. So it's great to have Congressman Gohmert joining us. We'll get Than Bennett in the conversation as well. If you want to be in the conversation, uh, you call 800-941-7326. That's 800-941-SEAN. You're listening to the Sean Hannity Show. This is Jordan Seculo. We are totally live today. We've got all these great guests lined up for you. We'll take your phone calls. 
We're going to get into some Democrats. There's some real trouble in 2020, especially we're talking about flipping the House. And can, can we get to an impeachment trial? And that's a big question, right, folks? Can we get to an impeachment trial? We'll be right back on The Sean Hannity Show. Hey, welcome back to The Sean Hannity Show. This is Jordan Seculo. I am the executive director of the American Center for Law and Justice, the co-host of radio show Jay Seculo Live. I sure, I'm sure a lot of you know that name. Uh, both uh, my dad and I appear on Sean's broadcast, radio and TV, pretty regularly. And, of course, uh, uh, my dad, I co-host uh, a broadcast with him Monday through Friday that does not conflict with the Sean Hannity show. We would never want to do that. Uh, so you can listen to both shows each day. Uh, you can catch our show and then Sean's show. And uh, I am also on President Trump's legal team. I was there for the the Mueller investigation and now for the impeachment, which we thought we were going to maybe still will have some tri- uh, date for when the Senate will have a trial uh, fairly, uh, fairly soon. But who knows? Because right now, Nancy Pelosi is literally just shredding through the Constitution and playing this game. Remember how they told us they had to do they had to do it so fast. They couldn't wait on the courts. They couldn't wait on the courts to decide on the executive privilege. This had to move quickly. Can't wait on more witnesses. Republicans get no witnesses. No due process. And now they vote on the impeachment and they're not rushing it over to the US Senate. Why? It's don't believe them it's because oh they want these witnesses, they want those witnesses. Those are the same witnesses that are in court right now. It's because they're scared. They're scared to death of having to try and defend. I wouldn't want to be the lawyer or a house manager that tries to defend uh, article uh, article one of their impeachment count, which is abuse of power uh, based off of hearsay presumptions. And I, I mean, policy differences. And then you've got the article two obstruction of Congress. And let me explain that to you very quickly. Obstruction of Congress under their definition, is not the statutory criminal obstruction of Congress. You know, there is one. You can actually obstruct Congress and be breaking the law. They didn't include that. You know why? Because they would have to prove in the Senate trial that the elements were met to obstruct Congress. And guess what isn't actually obstructing Congress criminally? Going to court to assert your constitutional rights and letting the courts decide who is right and who is wrong. And if the courts decide you are wrong and someone has to testify or some documents have to be handed over, then you hand them over. You let the person testify. You're not obstructing anything. See, Nancy Pelosi wants the Senate to do what the House would not. But that whole game, that whole game of we've got to rush this over, it's just absolutely absurd. I want to bring in Than Bennett very quickly, ACLJ's Director of Government Affairs, uh, but Congressman Louis Gohmert from the House Judiciary Committee is joining us in the next segment. And Than, I mean, it, it's just such a game because we were told, oh, we have to rush through this. And now all of a sudden we've got all this time. Yeah, she's trying to have it both ways, Jordan, trying to say he is impeached, but not send it over. Look, I think there's a very good argument to make that if the last action by the House was one saying we are not done with impeachment, uh, Jordan, then I guess he's not impeached. All right, folks, we'll be right back on the Sean Hannity Show. Congressman Louie Gohmert joining us. Go to ACLJ.org. Check us out. Hey, welcome back to the Sean Hannity Show. This is Jordan Seculo, and we are getting some breaking news actually right now on the Sean Hannity Show. And I want to thank Sean and Linda for having me today as a host. I've been a, a guest a number of times. It's great to be hosting. I am a radio show host uh, in my, one of my other jobs. 
uh, as a co-host of uh, Jay Secchio Live, heard Monday through Friday. And uh, again, I'm an attorney with the ACLJ, our executive director, and on President Trump's legal team. Uh, a bit of breaking news, and it's great to have uh, Congressman Louis Gohmert joining us now, a Republican from Texas, member of the House Judiciary Committee, uh, who really uh, defended the president well, questioning those law professors. Congressman Gohmert, it's great to have you on the Sean Hannity Show. You're a great friend of Sean's, a great friend of the ACLJs and the Seculos, too. Well, thank you, Jordan, and thanks for all you and the ACLJ do. They, you guys are just great. And it's always good to talk to you on or off the air. But, uh, yeah, there is breaking news. Are you talking about the, the Democrats saying uh, they may need McGahn's testimony to pursue other articles of impeachment later yeah. on? Yeah, I mean, this is the headline. It just broke on Fox News, and I'll get your reaction, Congressman Gomer, because I think this goes to this idea. And we heard it first from kind of the the outliers like Al Green, Congressman Green, who's been wanting to impeach since day one. But then we heard it from Adam Schiff saying he was going to keep keep investigating. And now the top lawyer for the House Judiciary Committee, Democrats, revealed Monday that there's a possibility lawmakers could per- could pursue even more articles of impeachment against President Trump. Hmm. Is that why Nancy Pelosi is not handing over the articles? I mean, the headline is this House Dems raise prospect of new impeachment articles in court battle over McGahn testimony. Now, Congressman Gohmert, to me, is this just another ploy to hold on to these articles of impeachment because they don't want them tried at the U.S. Senate? I mean, what's your thoughts on this? Well, I think uh, it's there's more than one reason for it. But for one thing, uh, either the Democrats mean it, that they intend to continue to keep uh, throwing articles of impeachment up. And uh, that's very it's very possible they could send down the ones they have now, even though they know they're not going anywhere. No, they didn't prove anything that was impeachable uh, or they could uh keep sending additional articles for new trials. But you know, Jordan, your experience, you know, whether it's a civil case or a criminal case or an impeachment case, you don't keep throwing up stuff that you think may um, just make people hate the, the person you're going after and eventually try to find one that will stick that you can convict. That is outrageous. It is a an abuse of Congress. It's an abuse of the law, and it's an abuse of the Constitution. And uh, I, I really think we're going to need to go after people, uh, including the Speaker. Uh, this is just outrageous uh, to to put this country through this kind of stuff when each time they've got nothing. And in fact, I would submit that this kind of garbage in their briefing to the uh, court on uh, Don McGahn testifying is another fraud upon the court. There's no way that they would do this. And if they did, it itself would be a fraud. So it's just so outrageous what the Democrats are doing. They're showing that in their zeal and their efforts to get power and keep power in the House and and win the presidency next year, they don't care about the country. They don't care about uh, you know preserving this little experiment in self government, or as they keep 
they keep bringing it up in their speeches on the floor about uh, about uh, Franklin's comment, a republic, madam, if you can keep it. But they're doing every everything <laughs> they can to destroy the republic. I'm not sure that most of them or many of them at least know what a republic is. No, uh, not, I, I don't know they, either. Uh, now that they're all uh, they're turning towards their uh, their socialist colleagues running for president who they don't want us to focus on. So I think they like us exactly. focusing more on impeachment instead exactly. of uh, which socialist is leading in the polls in the Democrat primary. But at a certain point, I mean, Congressman, I, f- I first wanted to ask you before this breaking news, and I think this plays into it some, but but just initially, uh, what do you think Nancy Pelosi is really doing with this stall on not turning over the articles? I mean, she's even got liberal professors, one that you questioned, who supported impeaching the president, yeah. can't stand the president, want him out of office, saying he hasn't even been formally impeached because you haven't sent uh, you haven't sent the, the articles over. You haven't named your managers. You haven't delivered it to the Senate. Yeah. You got people questioning, is the president even impeached? You have others saying, could the Senate just start a trial? Uh, what is she thinking? Well, she is thinking as she always normally thinks, at least, uh, and that is about leverage, about political power. She's not thinking about the Constitution, and that's not usually an issue for her, no matter how many times she talks about it. She's thinking about leverage, and she thinks she's got it. That gee, we've uh, the House voted to impeach the president, and now, by golly, uh, McConnell, you're going to give us what we want in the way of witnesses and trial. Uh, you're going to bring witnesses that we didn't have the courage to bring. We're going to uh, demand that you are are more uh, allowing of us to do things in the Senate we wouldn't allow ourselves to do. Uh, it, she's looking for leverage. That's that's what it is, and she knows this is going to be a failure in the Senate because it's a disaster. And by the way, you bring up uh, the professor, one of the professors we questioned. Uh, I'm sure you're talking about Feldman because yep. he came out and and said, uh, and he was from Harvard. Uh, but that man is a liar. He sold his soul for a political position. And it's one of the reasons that I'm so concerned about uh, if this is a guy, liar as he is, lying actor as he is, then, you know, he doesn't need to be teaching people at Harvard. You know, (laughs) Harvard is supposed to be a great bastion of learning. This guy comes in and says that he's reluctant to mention impeachment. He's reluctant to talk about impeachment. One of the Democrats said, well, I know you're reluctant to talk about impeachment. He's never, that's a flat out lie. He has been mentioning impeachment gratuitously since uh, the Trump was sworn in. And, and so, and he's put it in tweets. This man has never been reluctant to talk about it. He's a liar. And also, like I say, uh, you can't trust his legal opinions anymore when it involves something political because the man is for sale. He, His soul is bought and paid for, and he's going to say whatever he thinks will help bring down Trump. So it's it's really an embarrassment, and uh, people can say what they want, but Feldman is the embarrassment. As we're talking to Congressman Louis Gomer, he's on the House Judiciary Committee. President Trump commended him for his uh, his, his speech after the the hearing, and, and really he was talking about uh, how Ukraine did interfere in uh, 2016 and, and that uh, you got up there in front of the, on the floor of the house. You said, 
This is spouting Russian propaganda on the floor of the House. You actually kind of well, flipped it on the, the Democrats. Yeah. yeah. Nadler, Nadler said that, and that was a lie. And it was, uh, I mean, it, he says I, it really disturbed him that a member would be spouting Russian propaganda. Look, as I went over and told him on the floor, uh, the person who's helping Russia is you. Russia wants this nation divided, and you, by what you're doing, doing yep. everything you can to divide it. That's what Russia yeah. wants. Yeah, they don't care about you're who the president them, is. They me. care about a, a divided country, Congressman. They care about, her, well, I, I think this, this idea like this breaking news that the House Democrats have raised the prospect of new impeachment articles in a court battle. It was a last-minute filing today. Uh, right before the you know the Christmas Eve holiday, they file this. It's the idea, Congressman, I'm worried about, even uh, because I, I do think President Trump will be re- uh, reelected. I don't take that uh, for granted. I think we have to work hard to get that right. done. We do. uh, I, right. I even think the House is in play now because of this impeachment. I, and I wasn't so sure of that maybe uh, uh, four or five months ago. But But is this perpetual impeachment if the House, if Democrats continue to control the House? Is that is that what we're going to live under now? Yes, it is. As long as uh, we have a Republican president, uh, even if it were Mike Pence, it wouldn't have mattered. If Ted Cruz had been elected, they were already beginning the investigations. They were going to come after him. That's going to be their tactic from now on. And if the American people want to preserve this republic. And by the way, uh, we had two those two uh, law professors from Harvard and Stanford referred to this as a democracy. Well, the Athenians had a democracy. Then then, uh, Rome improved on it as a republic. And that's what we have. We have a democratic republic. But uh, I'm sure it's just a a matter of them not being uh, sufficiently educated uh, in their positions at Harvard and Stanford. So we got to be forgiving of their ignorance. So so for Americans out there, for Congressman, that's why one of the reasons I wanted to have you on today. You know, they're preparing for Christmas, obviously. they, they know that Congress is back, uh, you know, January 6th and, and you return, but we don't now have a trial date to start. And this is still hanging over the head of, of, of the, the president's hanging over all of our heads in the sense of, of anybody involved in politics. And we're in, we're now what, uh, just, uh, 316 days out from the general election. I mean, Democrats are going to start voting soon. Uh, how should people, you know, the, the average person, they care about politics. They're listening to us talk right now. How, how should how should they what should they expect from Congress over these next six weeks? Well, it's it's going to be terrible. It, it just like it has been, uh, you know, and I, for those who believe in the power of prayer. And I know you do. Yep. I tell them, pray for God's mercy, because this country won't stand up if we get justice. Uh, it is outrageous what's been going on, and they can expect that to continue because the majority, at least the leaders of the majority, I mean, it's like a child having control over something and they're concerned about losing it. They would prefer to destroy it than let somebody else have it. And and that's kind of where we're headed for. It's either we get the power, we keep the power, we get the White House, or we're going to destroy this place because that's what they're in the process of doing. I mean, we can't it, keep functioning like this. No, it's so divisive. And yet we were going to talk about a little bit later in the broadcast how the Senate during this whole impeachment 
uh, process in the House, they've been confirming judges at like record numbers. So the Democrats yeah. are not yeah, even that's... focusing in. It's interesting to me, Congressman Gomer, because the Democrats usually would use issues like that. They'd want to they'd really be into those circuit court nominees, try to hold those up and yep. fighting back against those. But they are so obsessed with this president and trying to label any of, of you or people like me who support him and defend him as the enemy that they're like, they're ignoring the fact that the entire federal judiciary and you're a former judge, the entire federal judiciary mm-hmm. is changing right before their eyes and they're paying no attention to it. Yeah, they're, they're not, they're self-focused on, on, uh, as Matt Gatt said, pinning the tail on their latest hearing. Uh, they want, to take down this president and they've lost sight of all the other things that we could be doing together. So I think you can expect that to continue, but uh, it appears that the American public, at least a part of it has not uh, thought Republican before when it comes yep. to voting, they are opening their minds to that yep. because uh, you know, they're being revealed uh, well, as to who and what they really care about. Well, Congressman Gomer, let me thank you for taking the time uh, to join us oh, today on the Sean you. Hannity show. And uh, thank you for all of your work. Uh, uh, before president Trump was president, uh, was president in Congress. You've been a great ally for the ACLJ, a great uh, friend of, of the seculos of, of Sean Hannity. Thank you for all of your work pre and post Trump. And right now for defending the president, <laughs> have a Merry Christmas Congressman. I feel the same way about the ACLJ and you, George. Thanks so much. Thanks. That was Congressman Louie Gomer. We come back again, folks, a lot to talk about on the Sean Hannity show. And remember, ACLJ.org. Support the work of our organization, my organization. Donate today and your donation is matched. ACLJ.org. We'll be right back on the Sean Hannity show. Folks. You heard it here. Breaking news. We talked about with Congressman Louis Gohmert. We're going to talk more about it with Greg Jarrett, Fox News legal analyst, who's coming up soon. So you don't want to miss the action packed second hour of the Sean Hannity show. This is Jordan Seculo, executive director of the ACLJ, member of the president's legal team. And we just got that breaking news while we were on with Congressman Gohmert about the Democrats in their court filing saying they want to bring more impeachment articles. You heard me right. Potentially more impeachment articles against President Trump. Unbelievable, folks. But guess what? We also have ex-CIA chief John Brennan under scrutiny, being investigated by U.S. Attorney John Durham. We'll talk about it all with Fox News legal analyst, author of the bestseller Witch Hunt, Greg Jarrett. He's coming up next. Remember, the ACLJ, ACLJ.org. I'm Jordan Seculo, uh, hosting for Sean Hannity today. We'll be right back with an action-packed second half hour, second hour. Welcome back to the second hour of the Sean Hannity Show, folks. Thanks for joining us. This is Jordan Seculo, guest hosting for Sean today. I want to thank Sean for giving me that opportunity, as well as Linda and the whole Hannity team, the whole radio team. Uh, I am the executive director of the American Center for Law and Justice, an attorney uh, with that legal organization. Uh, you also know, probably know uh, my dad's name, Jay Seculo. I co-host a radio broadcast with him Monday through Friday called Jay Seculo Live. Uh, and don't worry about everybody. It's a before Sean's show. So you can listen to both of our shows. Uh, we're usually broadcast at noon uh, to 1 p.m. Eastern time. And you can find out more about that at our website, ACLJ. That's ACLJ.org. Uh, but I'm also 
on President Trump's legal team and uh, have been on that team since the Mueller investigation leading into now what is the impeachment trial, which we don't yet have a date for. Uh, and things keep getting interesting, like that breaking news. We just discovered that the House Democrats have raised the prospect of new impeachment articles, new impeachment articles. This was in a court filing. Um, this idea, we asked Congressman Louis Gohmert, will it be perpetual impeachment if House Democrats remain in power, if Nancy Pelosi remains speaker after the 2020 election, if when Donald Trump is reelected? He said yes. I mean, it was very clear about it, this idea of perpetual politically based impeachment. So, again, I encourage you to check us out at ACLJ. I'm also the author of uh, The Next Red Wave, How Conservatives Can Beat Leftist Aggression, Rhino Betrayal, and Deep State Subversion. And I thank Sean for endorsing the book. He's right on the, the front cover. His endorsement meant a lot, and that is in bookstores now. They restocked it for the holidays, and I think on Amazon Prime you can still get it delivered for Christmas. But right now on the broadcast, on the Hannity Show, uh, one of uh, – Really, my favorite guest and someone I'm on with a lot when we talk to Sean, both on the radio show, the TV show, and someone I've uh, I've worked with a long time um, when he's been in the host chair and I've been in the guest chair, and that is Greg Jarrett, Fox News legal analyst. He's the author of the bestseller, Witch Hunt, the story of the greatest mass delusion in American political history. Greg, it's great to have you on the Sean Hannity Show, and it's, it's uh, nice to be asking you the questions this time. <laughs> Nice change of pace, isn't it? Jordan, great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Greg, I wanted to ask you about this story. It broke on Friday, really over the weekend. And so it didn't get a ton of cover. Nothing is getting as much coverage as you know, impeachment. And then we're getting close to Christmas. But this one seemed pretty big to me and something right up your alley. And the headline is in the Washington Times. It's that the ex-CIA chief, John Brennan, is under scrutiny and U.S. Attorney Durham's probe. It goes on to say that U.S. Attorney John Durham is examining the role former CIA Director John Brennan played in the early stages of the Russia investigation and requesting Mr. Brennan's call logs, emails, and other documents from the CIA. The veteran prosecutor said to be interested in Brennan's views of the salacious and unverified dossier compiled by British ex-spy Christopher Steele. So, Greg, your reaction that we've got a U.S. attorney, they're there to investigate crimes, is now looking into and, and is, I guess, subpoenaing or requesting information first. Maybe maybe we'll have to subpoena information from the ex-CA director, John Brennan. Your thoughts? Well, there are so many villains in this morass of misbegotten deeds, and it was Clinton's Hillary Clinton's ally, John Brennan who as CIA director in uh, early spring of 2016, uh, as I write in my book, instigated and fueled the Russia hoax by collecting foreign source information on then-candidate Donald Trump that, of course, proved to be utterly bogus, uh, much of it contained in the dossier. And But he was undeterred, and he exploited those phony tips to create an interagency task force of different intelligence agencies, including the FBI, 
which was fundamentally a spying operation, Jordan, uh, despite U.S. laws prohibiting the CIA from targeting U.S. citizens domestically. And that's why some members of the Trump campaign were lured overseas where Brennan's cabal could spy on them more freely and where undercover informants like Stefan Halper could be deployed without any legal limits. And so it is entirely appropriate that John Durham be looking at not just the communications uh, of John Brennan, his CIA director, but the false representations he may have made uh, during his congressional testimony about his conduct. And we've got that. I just want people. Here's the flashbacks. May of 2017. Greg just mentioned it. This is uh, former Congressman Trey Gowdy questioning former CIA director John Brennan on the dossier Byte 18. Do you know if the Bureau ever relied on the Steele dossier as any as part of any court filings, applications, petitions, pleadings? I have no awareness. Did the CIA rely on it? No. Why not? Because we we didn't. We, it wasn't part of the corpus of intelligence uh, information that we had. Now, Greg, we're we're being reported is that Mr. Durham is reportedly looking into the conversations Mr. Brennan had with other top officials, including, of course, he's everywhere, ex-FBI director James Comey, about the dossier and Mr. Brennan's private statements contradicting his public comments. So going right at the heart of that questioning is now a U.S. attorney who investigates criminal conduct, not just uh, is not just a a inspector general. This is this is getting serious for some pretty uh, high up former officials. Oh, it is. So, you know, the question is, was that false and misleading uh, testimony to Congress? Um, where are there now documented uh, private conversations that belie what he told Congress? And I, and I think they're also uh, – Durham's going to focus on two other things. Um, the handing over of dossier information by Brennan to Harry Reid, who then wrote a letter to James Comey alleging collusion with the Trump campaign, leaking it to the media to damage the Trump campaign. And the other is the extent to which, and I write about this extensively in my book, that Brennan and Clapper um, you know, saw to it that the dossier information was contained in some form in the intelligence community assessment report in January of 2017. Now, both of them have denied it at different points in time, then admitted it, then then pointed the finger of blame at each other. Uh, And so, you know, there's a lot for a guy like Durham to, to sort through, but it does suggest that uh, deceptions and lies and false representations were made. Well, and Greg, it goes to your your bestseller, Witch Hunt, that you were talking <laughs> about. But the the idea here too, uh, the Inspector General's report, which at first you know the the Comeys of the world were celebrating, and they were, the liberals were celebrating. Oh, look, see, there was nothing wrong. And then they started actually reading the report, and Jim Comey said he was wrong. And by the way, he wasn't vindicated. And we're learning that all of this, this, this. This renewed scrutiny of Brennan uh, by uh, U.S. Attorney Durham is because of the IG report. It's not like that report was so mundane and the, the way the Democrats and the left were celebrating it. Uh, it's it's uh, again, it is leading 
U.S. attorneys to open new lines of investigation. It's true. This is the real investigation by uh, Attorney General Barr and, and John Durham. Durham has the power to compel witnesses, convene a grand jury, seek indictments. He's expanded his probe into a criminal investigation, added new staff members. You know, you know this as a lawyer. This indicates he may already have found some evidence of potential corruption and lawlessness. Right. Uh, and so, you know, if I were people like John Brennan, James. James Clapper, James Comey, and others, Andrew McCabe, you know, I think I'd keep my criminal defense attorney on speed dial because, um, <laughs> you know, the, the, the more information that Durham uncovers, uh, the more it's likely that people who engaged in lawlessness will be held uh, to account for that. You know, Comey was at the helm of all of the... Uh, three of the four warrants to surveil. And then, of course, as you just pointed out, Jordan, he claimed vindication, which was utterly delusional, but but typical of the self-righteous, sanctimonious, vainglorious James Comey. And, of course, two days later, Horowitz knocked Comey down to size when he said, no one who touched this is vindication, is, has been vindicated. And then, uh, you know, it was yep. uh, a poor choice for Comey to agree to be interviewed uh, by my colleague, Chris Wallace, who shredded him. Yeah, I mean, these guys uh, love to talk, Greg. I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> Comey loves to talk. Uh, McCabe takes a CNN role, you know, during the impeachment. I mean, and I'm sitting there going, you got to just stop talking. Disappear for a while. Let this play out before you start, especially before you start writing op-ed saying, I'm vindicated. That's just absurd. Yeah, it, what's amazing to me is that CNN hires these knuckleheads. <laughs> you know, I mean, why in the world would you hire uh, Andrew McCabe, who was fired for lying not once but four times, fired from the FBI, and is currently the subject of a criminal uh, investigation and referral uh, over his various purported lies? I mean, what, if you're CNN, you're going to put a guy who got fired for lying on the air to weigh in on anything. I mean, how does that yeah. guy have any credibility at all? And of course, also on the payroll at CNN is James Clapper, uh, the former, you know, it's like the parade, uh, the parade of horribles, the deep state yeah. actors, and they keep coming around. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing to me. And, and Clapper got his job because he's the guy who leaked the dossier information to CNN in early 2017 and was immediately uh, given a paid position at CNN in gratitude. Uh, I mean, who would listen to these guys? I mean, Clapper yeah. has a long and distinguished history of lying to Congress and should have been <laughs> prosecuted. You know, Greg, it is always great to have you on. I always enjoy being on with you as a fellow guest uh, on uh, television, on Sean's show as well, being interviewed by you before. Uh, Greg, I, I got to encourage everybody as we're coming to a break here. Greg's book, Witch Hunt, the story of the greatest mass delusion in American political history. Buy it today. It's a bestseller. And he predicted a lot of this information. We'll be right back on the Sean Hannity show. Don't miss what's coming next. I, I like to say that with the holiday music playing, we're getting you prepared for debating at the, at the dinner table. Whether it's Christmas Eve dinner, Christmas dinner, Hanukkah dinner, 
when the politics comes up, you're going to be ready to go after listening to today's broadcast. We've got more great guests coming up. Uh, Ned Ryan, who's got a new book out. He's the CEO of American Majority. But I want to go to one of our own. And at the ACLJ, you know, to learn more about us, of course, you can go to our website, aclj.org. I've got a Facebook page. I post a lot of information there of, of kind of original content as well. It's facebook.com forward slash Jordan Seculo ACLJ. You can follow me on Twitter. That's probably where I am the most uh, prolific, if you will, uh, when I'm not on the air. And uh, again, posting, you know, when there's debates, when there's commentaries and breaking news. And it's not just retweets and tweets. I'll actually, you know, comment, put statements out, um, sometimes controversial. So twitter.com forward slash Jordan Seculo. That's J-O-R-D-A-N-S-E-K-U-L-O-W. So I definitely would check out if you're into Twitter, uh, follow me there, twitter.com forward slash Jordan Seculo. And we've just launched uh, my official Instagram page. So some more video and photos, and we're just getting that started again. That's uh, to find me there on Instagram. It's official Jordan Seculo S E K U L O W. Let me bring in Than Bennett, the ACLJ's director of government affairs. He's got a new book coming out uh, soon. We're going to talk about later in the broadcast, but then we were talking just about the judicial issue with the U S attorney issue. I wanted to focus in just for a minute with some positive news. Uh, we mentioned it briefly with Congressman Gomer about how many judicial nominations President Trump has gotten confirmed through the U.S. Senate with Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham. Yeah, Jordan, this really is the untold story in Washington, D.C. Everyone seems to be focused and understandably so on the the debate over whether Speaker Pelosi will send articles of impeachment over to the Senate. Uh, Jordan, that actually may be the very best argument for why Speaker Pelosi should hang on to them are the judicial nominees that the Senate is considering while it waits for her to decide. Let me just throw a couple of data points off of you. There have been 185 of President Trump's judicial nominees confirmed by this Senate since he took office. Of course, two of them were for the Supreme Court of the United States. 50 of them, Jordan, are for the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. And just a side note with those, that is now one in four of every circuit court judge was nominated by President Trump. And that may actually, Jordan, as you know, be the most important level of the federal courts because it's the last stage for most cases. And then 133 district court nominees from President Trump have been confirmed. One note on that, Jordan, 13 of those district court judges were confirmed last week. What was the House of Representatives (laughs) doing last week? They were voting on articles of impeachment. So while we debate whether or not Speaker Pelosi has to send the articles over, I actually think there's a very good argument to make, and Leader McConnell is making it. Look, Nancy, hold on to those as long as you want. I'm just going to go ahead and continue remaking the federal judiciary. I mean, President Obama only confirmed 55 circuit court judges in eight years. Two terms. President Trump's already on track to surpass that in his first term. We'll be back on The Sean Hannity Show with Ned Ryan. Welcome back to The Sean Hannity Show. This is Jordan Seculo, Executive Director of the American Center for Law and Justice, a a member of President Trump's legal team. And I wanted to feature one of uh, our government affairs director at the ACLJ, Than Bennett. He was just talking about uh, judicial nominees uh, after we were talking to Greg Jarrett and about how during all this impeachment time, there's been this unbelievable amount of judges confirmed to the courts. And in fact, 
President Trump right now is at a number of uh, 50 circuit court judges that have been confirmed. That's one in four circuit court judges in the whole country are President Trump's nominees. President Obama only got 55 of those confirmed in two terms, eight years. That means that the president is on track to surpass that before his first term in office. And I think he'll be reelected if we all work really hard and we stop just being the silent majority and start being a little bit more of the vocal majority and more proud of our support for President Trump and what he's done. Because let me go to Than Bennett. He's the he's he's one of he's on the JSECU Live broadcast regularly. He is our director of government affairs in Washington D.C. He's got a new book coming out soon. But I do want to talk about the judges issue first. Than Than this this number is 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 really staggering because usually usually this is where the left is up in arms. They they have lost now uh, three different circuit courts, which have been we say lost. They've been flipped. To Republican majority nominees, the Second Circuit, the Third Circuit, the Eleventh Circuit, and if President Trump's reelected, he's pretty close to being able to flip that crazy out of control Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals too. Than I, I think he is going to flip the Ninth Circuit if he gets another term, Jordan. I think staggering is also the right ner- uh, term for the number of circuit judges at fifty. Uh, uh, Jordan, not only did they flip the three circuits that you talked about, but Ten of the Ninth Circuit judges are have now been nominated by Donald Trump. So there's only 29 seats on that circuit, Jordan, and we have thought about it for decades. In fact, uh, through the ACLJ, you and I have been parts of many, many cases that have intentionally been routed through the Ninth Circuit because it was a reliable left-wing liberal stamp on no matter what the issue was. If it went to the Ninth Circuit, the left was going to win. Uh, Jordan, that has already started to change because, as you know, a lot of these cases are not decided by the entire court. There's an on bank panel and you get a random draw. Yep. Well, now that that margin has narrowed so dramatically, 13 of the 29 judges have been nominated by Republicans. We're starting to draw friendly panels, including on cases like pro-life cases. Uh, Jordan, but you talk about the overall makeup. It's now down to 16 to 13 with one more term from Donald Trump. Not only will Republicans outnumber Democrats on that court, but Jordan, I think more than half of the judges will have been nominated by President Trump himself. Yeah, let me thank Sean uh, for allowing me to host today, uh, bringing on some of our team too, and and Than Bennett, uh, our government affairs director. As you can tell from the ACLJ, and you know this if you know my dad, if you know my work, Than's work, and the, the policy analysts we have, the government affairs team, and of course the excellent attorneys. I mean, the president tapped us to be his attorneys, so I think you know that speaks volumes. We're just the International Criminal Court defending the interest of the U.S. Armed Forces uh, so that speaks volumes. The court actually specially requested us uh, to be there. Uh, let me encourage you right now. Uh, and this is important. December, we, we don't charge for our services. We are a nonprofit organization. So we raise money. We raise resources from donors. And December is our most important month. If you can donate right now at ACLJ.org and support the work that we're talking about, all the issues we're talking about today on Sean's broadcast are issues we're working on. We were working on these directly in court, in Congress, on Capitol Hill, over overseas, uh, internationally. Working on all, we're working on all of them. If you donate today at aclj.org, we have a matching challenge. Whatever you donate is effectively doubled because we've got a group of donors that say, hey, if you donate $25, listener, uh, right now at aclj.org, I will match that. 
but you've got to make the initial donation. It's the most important month of the year. It's how we even keep our broadcast, the Jay Secular Live broadcast, on the air as well through your support, through your donation. So donate today, if you can, at ACLJ.org. Now, let me get back to Than Bennett because, Than, you've got uh, you've already you're you've already written one book. You've written a second book. It's it's available for pre-order on at Amazon. The book is entitled My Fame, His Fame, Aiming Your Life and Influence Toward the Glory of God. It releases March 10th, but people can pre-order it now. And I think it's a good contrast between you as government affairs director, like in the trenches for ACLJ, and then uh the faith side. Uh you've this will be your second book about. Uh, your journey in faith. Yeah, well, Jordan, I appreciate that. Look, you said your book is going to prepare people for the political conversations they're going to have at Christmas. My book is probably going to spark some different conversations uh, around your holiday tables. But look, I mean, I think the same is true for you. I certainly hope that my faith is what inspires my politics and not the reverse. So this is going to be a book that's going to give you a glimpse into that. You're right. It releases on March 10th. It can be pre-ordered at myfamehisfamebook.com. But Jordan, just very quickly, it explores this idea that all of us, Each one of us was created for fame, but we have confused the type of fame that we are supposed to pursue, that we're supposed to channel, and that we're supposed to amplify. So I think it'll be a challenging read. I think it'll be challenging for those who already have a faith walk and then maybe those uh, who don't as well. But I appreciate that. I appreciate Sean being able to uh, let me mention it as well. But yes, if people want to take a look, it's at myfamehisfamebook.com, and it'll be out on March 10th. And you've got a previous book uh, available, too. So if people are interested in maybe purchasing your first book now, tell them about that one as well. Yeah, that's uh, it's called In Search of the King, and it is a it's a call for people to really change their lives from an idea of an intellectual academic pursuit into a life of service and, and noticing the needs of those around us and serving them, uh, really deepening your faith, faith walk. You can get more information for that one at thanbennett.com. And of course, it's available everywhere. Books are sold, Amazon, Barnes yeah. and Nobles and the rest, but it's In Search of the King. Uh, by Than Bennett. So again, folks, I encourage you to get both because you can buy In Search of the King right now and then you can pre-order at Amazon at the same time Than's new book, which will be out March 10th, My Fame, His Fame, Aiming Your Life and Influence Toward the Glory of God. And it, I think for, you know, we're playing the Christmas music around the holiday season. It, you take that break from politics, even from our government affairs director who's, you know, in the war every single day with us. To take that break, remember what's also uh, truly most important, and uh, and Than's done a great job with this uh, kind of other part of his life and, and his writing. So, Than, I appreciate you uh, coming on, not just to talk about judicial nominees, but to talk about uh, your faith walk and the books, because you're writing very openly about it as well. Thank you, Than. Uh, there's someone else I want to bring on, another good friend of mine. We've worked in politics. You know, one thing I didn't say is that I worked on, before law school and even after, a number of campaigns. Uh, the Bush campaign in 04, the reelection campaign. Uh, the uh, I worked for Mitt Romney in 08, and that may not be as popular these days, but it was a little different then. Uh, I, I actually was early on. I was with uh, Jeb Bush, and then he, he did not last long in that, that race. But uh, again, uh, I've been a strong supporter of President Trump, and I worked on a lot of worked for the RNC uh, when we flipped seats in Georgia. So I, I got to know Ned Ryan through that and through all those political campaigns and, and work, and especially uh, working together on Bush's uh, uh, re-election campaign. He is a grassroots and conservative activist. 
He's the founder and CEO of American Majority. This is an awesome nonpartisan political training group, and it identifies and molds the wave of, of liberty-minded candidates. So it goes out there and finds people to run for office. Ned, it's great to have you on the Sean Hannity Show. I'm, I'm, it's great that Sean's letting me uh, uh, host today. And I want to give you an opportunity to talk about, first, uh, American Majority, and then your new book, which is, which is out now. No, Jordan, great to be with you. No, American Majority, we've been around 12 years now. It's, it's pretty crazy to think about 12 years, but wow. we went out and, and we're really looking at the left. And I tell people I'm an admirer of the left strategy and tactics, and again, uh, 180 degrees opposed to, uh, to their actual goals uh, policy-wise. But what the left's been doing has been identifying and training people at the state and local level for years, identifying them, training them, kind of building up their farm team of, of local leaders to run for higher office later. And so I was looking at what the left was doing and said, we've got to do this. We've We've got to do this for freedom-loving, you know, liberty-minded people. So we go out with American Majority. We identify and train people to run for school board, for city council, for mayor, for county commission, state house, state senate. First of all, because state and local impacts our lives so much in the day-to-day, but also to build a farm team for higher office. And then once we got going with American Majority, I was like, you know, we've got to really train the activists to be better at what they do and build coalitions, do get out the vote, really hold their elected officials accountable. So we've been in all 50 states. We've trained about 50,000 people, and uh, it's, been, it's been quite the adventure. But no, you're right. Got a new book that just came out as well. It's great listening to Than. I've known Than for years, worked for my dad. He was in my dad's office uh, for a while before he came over to the ACLJ. So Than's an awesome guy. But uh, you know, wrote a book not too long ago uh, called Restoring Our Republic. It just came out about 10 days ago. And Jordan, it was one of those things where beginning of this year, I do a lot of TV, do a lot of opinion writing. And I was yep. thinking, we, we, we know that socialism is wrong, right? We know that it is antithetical to our founding in, in many ways. In fact, every way it's un-American. What do we know? Do we know what we're fighting for? And so I really wanted to write a book and say, hey, here's our republic. This is what our founders intended. This is what inspired them to put these various pieces of machinery in. But I was also thinking, Jordan, I think in some ways what we're experiencing right now with this craziness in Washington, D.C., the seeds of it were planted about 100 years ago when the progressives dropped their administrative, administrative state governing philosophy inside of our constitutional republic. And then lo and behold, as it's building, building and building and building. Donald J. Trump shows up and goes, I'm a constitutionally elected president. I'm the one that decides what takes place in, this, in the executive branch domestically and foreign policy-wise. And the administrative actor said, no, we don't think so. We're the ones that decide. That's not what our founders intended. No, it's not. And Ned, you know, what, what upset me, I mean, I got literally, I was angry when during some of this, uh, the questioning during the impeachment uh, hearings and they would ask you know, some Democrat congressman would ask, uh, you know, did the president divert from your talking points at all? And like, like, is that impeachable? Off- I guess it is now, you know, it's like an impeachable offense for the commander in chief duly elected to not follow the talking points of unelected bureaucrats who probably hate his guts. No, and you know what the thing is I was thinking about the other day, Jordan, is you can draw a direct line from Woodrow Wilson to Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, right? Where you have these unelected bureaucrats who've been empowered over the years. And again, this has been building and building. And I point out in the first chapter of the book, we don't even know the size of our government. We don't. We, we know that there's somewhere over 430 departments, agencies, and sub-agencies, people with millions of career federal government employees, but we don't even know the exact size of it. Well, over the years, this administrative state has been given more and more power as Congress has ceded authority, as the executive branch has ceded authority. 
And at some point, we have to make a decision, you know, what path do we want to go down? Do we want to go back to our constitutional republic, or do we want to go down this path of an administrative state? But the point I'm making in the first chapter is, because people always ask me, Jordan, well, why should we care what the founders thought 200 years ago? Why should we care what they put into our founding documents? Are their thoughts still relevant for today? And you know why they are, Jordan? Because they got human nature right. And I tell people, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And the reason the founders should be studied and learned, and we should appreciate what they did for us, is because they knew that imperfect human nature should never be trusted with consolidated power. And so what they did is they realized we have to diffuse power. We have to diffuse power not only in the federal government, but as down to as local a level as possible. At the same time, they felt that they could create a republic that would be the steward and protector of our God-given rights, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. And the big shift that took place in the early 20th century is progressives showed up, and they trusted human nature, and they thought they should consolidate power, and they should put administrative state in place that could then advance, and I'm saying in quotes, progress, and that was their governing philosophy. The only problem, Jordan, with this is at some point, these people inside the administrative state think that they're the ones that are going to decide they've been given so much power, so much money, so much control at a certain point, and we've given them so much control, they think, well, we're the ones that decide. Our founders never intended that. You know, it's, it's, it's why people need to get your new book. Again, the book is titled Restoring Our Republic, The Making of the Republic and How We Reclaim It Before It's Too Late. Author is Ned Ryan. Ned, where's the best place to go uh, to get the book? You know, they can go to Amazon.com, uh, order it. And again, I, I'm telling people, if it doesn't get there in time for Christmas, listen, it's a great book to read coming into 2020 because, Jordan, I truly believe 2020 is going to be one of the most momentous elections of our lifetime. We need yep. to know what we're fighting for. Yeah, I, I absolutely believe that. And I think we have a chance to see a next red wave. That's my new book. That's I'll talk about it true. more later. And, and, and Ned, it's great to have you. And I hope people are seeing these connections. You know, Ned Ryan uh, talking about how Than worked for his father when his father was a congressman and on our team. We're people you can trust. We've been in this battle a long time. And we've got more coming up on The Sean Hannity Show with Jordan Seculo. As Jordan Seculo, guest hosting for Sean Hannity on The Sean Hannity Show today. Let me thank Sean. Uh, for giving me this opportunity to host the show and Linda for having the faith that I could uh, do it. It's been great uh, so far. Now we're into our final hour. We've got a lot more ahead. We've got Senator uh, John Kennedy of Louisiana. You don't want to miss Senator Kennedy. He's on the Senate Judiciary Committee. I have a feeling he's going to have a lot to say about this impeachment and a lot to say about this new report. Remember that breaking news report we talked about earlier in the show. If you're just joining us, there was breaking news and it's still breaking in other news outlets. They're just putting it out that House Democrats are now raising the prospect of new impeachment articles against President Trump, new impeachment articles. The idea, as we talked about with Louis Gohmert, of perpetual impeachment, if perpetual impeachment, if Nancy Pelosi remains Speaker of the House, Democrats retain control of the House of Representatives, this idea of nonstop impeachment. Uh, Let me encourage you as well to learn about uh, my organization, what I do as the executive director at the American Center for Law and Justice. You know my dad, Jay Seculo. He's our chief counsel. It's aclj.org. That's aclj.org. Again, if you go to that website too, you'll find out about all the different issues we work on, uh, all the different cases, the legal work we do, the government affairs work we do, and the policy work that we do as well. Uh, We've got offices in the United States and all over the world. We have NGO status with the United Nations. We were just arguing at the ICC. We've got three cases 
at the at the Supreme Court in March uh, on behalf of President Trump. I mean, so it's busy time at the ACLJ. And let me encourage you, December is the most important month financially for us. The ACLJ, when we do this, uh, the work that we do, whether it's on behalf of a client, a city or town, a free speech issue, a religious liberty issue, a constant, anything involving constitutional law. We do that at no charge to our clients because oftentimes, remember like the IRS targeting cases? That was us. We were representing all those groups. Those groups are way too small to hire attorneys. So they needed to come together, have a group like us that had the resources and the great legal team that could fight the IRS and ultimately beat the IRS. Just a reminder about who we are at the ACLJ. And that didn't cost any of those groups a dime. All they had to be doing, willing to do, and they were brave. I know some of them are probably listening right now. They were brave because they were willing to stand up to the IRS. It didn't cost them anything to hire their, their, their attorneys, but they did take on the IRS. But you know what? At the end of the day, justice was served and, and the IRS was defeated. And so, again, that's a reminder about the work that we do. Uh, to learn more about us, I encourage you and about what I do as well uh, at the ACLJ, I encourage you to check out uh, my Twitter feed. I'm very active there. Twitter.com forward slash Jordan Seculo. That's S-E-K-U-L-O-W. And I spell Jordan. It's like Michael Jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N. So t- Jordan Seculo on Twitter, uh, official Jordan Seculo on Instagram and at Facebook.com forward slash Jordan Seculo ACLJ. But let me encourage you, if you can support the work of the ACLJ today and you can make a financial contribution, uh, we have a matching challenge now. This is our most important month. Uh, donate today at ACLJ.org. That's ACLJ.org. It's how we do all the work that we do as an organization. It's even how we're able to be broadcasting right now. And I've got a team helping me here in the studios here. It's all because of your support for the American Surf Law and Justice. And I really want to thank Sean and Linda and that Hannity team for letting us talk about that while we're, while I'm hosting today. So go to ACLJ.org. Now, we've got a very special guest joining us right now, and it's very relevant to what's happening in our country. And it's why I thought, you know, we should get him on today because the whole impeachment thing is swirling around foreign policy, foreign affairs. And our guest now is uh, former ambassador uh, uh, Bill Haggerty. Ambassador Haggerty uh, was the U.S. ambassador to Japan. He was appointed by President Trump. Uh, uh, he served as ambassador from August 2017 to 2019. He's held uh, positions in state government in Tennessee. He was a businessman, and he is now a, a declared candidate for the U.S. Senate in Tennessee uh, in 2020. Ambassador Haggerty, it is great to have you on the Sean Hannity Show with Jordan Seculo. Jordan, it's great to be with you. Thanks very much. Ambassador, first, I want to I, I want to get to your campaign in a moment, uh, because I think it's it's interesting uh, as as someone following your race closely, uh, the issues that you're talking about. But I want to ask you first about something that's so relevant to everybody. And that's this idea of, you know, that the president and you're a strong supporter of the president. He nominated you to the position of ambassador to Japan. You were the Tennessee victory uh, chair for the Trump campaign. Uh, the idea, again, that the president is being he's impeached. endorsed me for the Senate seat too. Yes, he has. He's endorsed in a, in a situation which is unusual. Uh, uh, so, I mean, uh, uh, good for you, Ambassador, to get that endorsement uh, because it's unusual, even when it's someone very close to the president, that he endorses 
uh, when there is any kind of primary, anything like that. So he's already endorsed Ambassador Haggerty. So you're you're listening to the uh, candidate, uh, Trump endorsed candidate for U.S. Senate in Tennessee, Ambassador Haggerty, who's on the Sean Hannity show. But you dealt with the foreign policy world. Our president is now being impeached over foreign policy de- uh, decisions with bureaucrats who didn't like his policies, heard, you know, overheard things about his policies or just presumed thing about his policies. What was it like for you serving as an ambassador for President Trump? You know, it was terrific serving with President Trump as his ambassador to one of our most important strategic allies in the world. If you think about it, Jordan, Japan houses more men and women of the U.S. military than any other country outside of the United States. We've got a pretty tough neighborhood over there with North Korea, Russia and China right at the doorstep. And representing our nation with President Trump leading our foreign policy was uh, just just a night and day difference. If I think back to the previous administration, there were, were what their strategy was called was leading from behind. And I don't think the Japanese could tell where we stood or whether we we're hmm. going to stand behind our treaty obligations to protect and defend that nation. Not so with President Trump. What was it like we had, with the with the bureaucracy? You know, because we're seeing some of these bureaucrats. I don't, maybe you didn't experience that. It seems like you had a great experience in a very important country, but we're seeing these these bureaucrats and these, you know, form you know, intelligence officials. I mean, they're they're doing everything possible to take this president down. And really, I think they know they can't actually get him convicted and you know in an actual impeachment trial. They're just trying to dirty him up before the campaign, and they they're trying everything possible to then make his coattails uh, less important uh, for candidates like you. But you were there. You dealt with those foreign policy folks. Uh, was it kind of a, a bizarre world? Or did, you, did, you, did you trust them or is it kind of a, a trust but verify situation? Well, Jordan, I have to say, and that, I think that that's where, that's where these um, bureaucrats need to be very clear. One person sets the foreign policy for the United States. That's the president of the United States. And as his, as his appointee in a critical strategic relationship like Japan, I spoke on behalf of the president, but only uh, consistent with his policies that he set. And everybody on my team was extremely clear that that was the way it was going to go. You know, every time the North Koreans launched a missile over Japan, I was the one standing there on national TV, articulating our policy and making it clear to the Japanese public that we are there to abide by our security treaty with them, that we're going to protect and defend the region, just as we always have. I think that that was a sense of calm and clarity that the Japanese public strongly needed. And with this president, we were able to deliver that message loud and clear. Now, after your role as ambassador came to an end in, in August of uh, 2019, in 2019, you have uh, decided to launch, it's at uh, teamhaggerty.com, a campaign for U.S. Senate. As you said, you have been endorsed by President Trump. Uh, tell people why you've decided to go from you know, the business world uh, to uh, ambassador uh, now uh, in the Senate campaign. Well, the president uh, has reminded me that I'm the only member of his administration who he's endorsed to be on the ticket with him next year. Uh, it's important. It was a, it was a big decision to do that, right. pull me from that role and and uh, get me to come back home and do this. But I'm very honored to have his endorsement. And the reason I'm doing this is is he knows that I'm a Christian conservative that's going to stand with him him to continue to build our economy. I've got a business person's perspective on things, an outsider's perspective, very much like he does. Uh, 
And he wants somebody that will be very effective at helping him continue to grow the economy. Somebody who loves my home state of Tennessee, of course, and will stand strong on issues that matter to us, uh, like, like securing our borders, the Second Amendment, life. The men and women of our military need to be taken care of. The president knows I love them and will do everything I can to do that. So I'm here to stand with them and to stand for the freedoms and the opportunities and the strong Tennessee conservative values that, uh, that he knows I'll bring to bear in the U.S. Senate. I know one of the issues that you, your campaign has focused on as well is this bogus impeachment effort by the House. And we see this delay by Nancy Pelosi. And now there's breaking news that they may want to bring more articles of impeachment. Fast forward to uh, Senator Haggerty. And, and you're dealing. How would you be dealing with this if you were in the Senate now? Well, Jordan, I just have to say, you, you know, if this were a Democrat president, given the accomplishments that President Trump has delivered, they'd be etching his name on Mount Rushmore right now. Yeah. He's probably already been awarded the Nobel Peace Prize, and the First Lady would be on the cover of every magazine. Instead, they can't stand the fact that he's winning. In fact, this has been going on since the day the president crossed 270 electoral votes. And I was there, as you mentioned. I, I was there during the transition. We um, moved into Trump Tower, and I remember them shouting every evening. They'd organize and shout, not my president. This has been going on for a long time. And, you know, the Washington Post, I think it was 19 minutes after the president was inaugurated, put up their um, their editorial saying impeachment starts right now. So I think I can see very clearly what this is. And it's a, it's a failed attempt by the Democrats to undo the results of the 2016 election. They've not been I, able to stand or tolerate that loss. I always remind people, Ambassador Haggerty, that in Senate races, especially, but in, in all congressional races. Now we're a national broadcast here on the Sean Hannity show uh, that that all of these races matter. So whether you are in Tennessee listening right now or you're you're outside uh, in a different state in the country, we need good senators. We need good representatives in both the, the U.S. Senate and the House. And and how can people support your campaign if they're excited about someone who's already been endorsed by President Trump for U.S. Senate. How can they support your campaign? Where should they go? Well, Jordan, it's critical that we hold the Senate, and I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. They should go to Bill Haggerty, H-A-G-E-R-T-Y-T-N, Bill Haggerty T-N, for social media, and TeamHaggerty.com is where they can uh, find us on the on the web. But uh, on, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Snapchat, Bill Haggerty T-N. Uh, All right. Be the place to find me and TeamHaggerty.com. Jordan, thank you, know, you so you much. Know, we actually, uh, Ambassador, we go to the same church. We've been praying for your family for a long time while you've been ambassador, and it's glad to have you back and running for the U.S. And great to have you on. We'll be right back on the Sean Hannity Show. Welcome back to the Sean Hannity Show. This is Jordan Seculo. And let me tell you, folks, in this last half hour that's coming up, you don't want to miss. He's one of my favorite U.S. senators, John Kennedy of Louisiana, and he sits on the Senate Judiciary Committee. So he's going to join us when we come back. From the next break, you don't want to miss it completely live. And I know Senator Kennedy is going to have a lot to say about what Nancy Pelosi is doing, but also a lot to say about this new report again that broke while we were on the air today on Sean's show that the House Democrats have raised the idea in a court filing of filing more articles of impeachment against President Trump. And we talked to Congressman Louis Gohmert about the idea of perpetual impeachment. You know, elections have consequences. I wrote about it in my new book, The Next Red Wave. Sean endorsed the book. You can uh, go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's in the stores right now. They restock. So if you want to get it for Christmas as a gift for someone, you can. Go to thenextredwave.com. 
Because in this, in this book, we talk about how they're going to keep coming. The perpetual deep state. And now they're using the impeachment tool to be their way of going at the present. They know that the Republican controlled Senate is not going to convict the president, especially of articles that are so weak. I think Nancy Pelosi is embarrassed to send anyone over to the Senate to try and to and defend them against attorneys like us. You know, it'd be attorneys like uh, Pat Cipollone, the White House counsel. Uh, Jay Sekulow, who's got three of President Trump's cases up at the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, people like me, you know, and all the lawyers behind us on the president's team, who we've already handled Bob Mueller, who had that endless budget uh, and and the Mueller report. They got nothing because the president did nothing wrong. So you think Adam Schiff wants to go up against uh, Pat Cipollone and Jay Sekulow? Maybe, you know, and be questioned. Or be questioned by people like our next uh, guest who's coming up next, Senator Kennedy from Louisiana. I don't think so. But at some point, I think we've got to move forward. And we're going to talk about that with Senator Kennedy, our final guest on the Sean Hannity show today. Let me encourage you as well. Let me encourage you as well. You could support the work of the ACLJ, uh, our organization. We do all this work for people absolutely free. Uh, it's all because of donors. Go to ACLJ.org and donate today. That's ACLJ.org. And if you donate today, your donation is effectively doubled. We have a matching challenge. So ACLJ.org. And let me thank Sean and Linda for letting me promote that. We'll be back with Senator Kennedy of Louisiana. All right, folks. This is Jordan Secular with the American Center for Law and Justice. I want to thank Sean for letting me host today and for Linda as well and the entire Hannity team, my team as well. We have a radio broadcast called J Secular Live, which I co-host uh, each day, uh, noon to 1 uh, p.m. Eastern time. So we don't conflict with Sean. You can listen to both of our shows. And I've been on a, a guest of Sean's radio show and TV show a number of times. My dad has hosted uh, his broadcast before. This is my first time doing it. So I really want to thank the Hannity team uh, for making this such a, a smooth and really an easy process for us, uh, for me and for, for my team as well. Um, it's been, a, it's, it's been a great opportunity to put uh, the show together with everybody on the Hannity team as well and put these great guests together. Uh, Senator uh, John Kennedy will be joining us soon. And I just want to again, encourage you to learn more about us at the American Center for law and justice you know, Sean puts us on the broadcast a lot to talk about legal issues and and what we're up to. But if you want to learn more about what the ACLJ does, let me encourage you. I've got like a new web series. It's just out. These are very cool. So if you go to Facebook.com forward slash Jordan Seculo ACLJ, Facebook.com forward slash Jordan Seculo ACLJ, we post every Tuesday. So today we posted a new one. It's called What's Next? And they're three minute videos. So they're very easy to, to watch. You can watch the entire video. They're always on different topics and they're, they're made so that you can share with your friends and family, regardless of their politics. We try to get to the facts and we cover so many different topics. So uh, one that you might see today might be one that you want to share with everyone, you know, and the one next week you might want to not share. And then the next one you want to share, we've done uh, over, almost 30 of these. Uh, so they're weekly now. And then the latest one, uh, which is out today at facebook.com forward slash Jordan Seculo ACLJ is four myths 
on what you can do on government holiday displays. So right around, you know, can your, can your city and town have the nativity scene? So we go through and we break down these myths that surround government and religion and government, what we call government speech. Uh, we just did one on impeachment, what the process actually is. We did one on uh, Jim Comey and his White House spies that he had. Uh, and those, of course, led to be, of course, who the whistleblowers were and, and all of those connections as well. Uh, we've done it on anti-Semitism in Congress, but we've also done it on issues of persecuted Christians, Israel, uh, religious liberty. We've gone through and we break this down. And again, they're three minutes long. So you can watch all three minutes. It's called What's Next? And you know exactly what you're going to be sharing with your friends and family. You'll know exactly what you're going to be sharing with your friends and family. So check that out at facebook.com forward slash Jordan Seculo ACLJ. Now, it is an honor to be joined by U.S. Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana. Senator Kennedy, thanks for being with us on the Sean Hannity Show, hosted by uh, uh, me today, Jordan Seculo. Uh, good afternoon, George. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, thanks for having me. Merry Christmas to you, Senator Kennedy. I want to go right to the to these issues. One, we saw breaking news during the show today that House Democrats in a court filing have said that they are pursuing potential additional articles of impeachment uh, in, in relation to testimony from former White House counsel Don McGahn. This idea of perpetual impeachment and the idea that you're on the, the Senate Judiciary Committee and the articles of impeachment have not been delivered to you. And now we're learning from the Democrats own lawyers in the house that they're going to be, they want maybe to pursue more articles of impeachment against our president uh, leading up to the election. I mean, it just reeks of politics. Well, to me, Jordan, it, it, it reeks of, uh, of partisan rage. Uh, let, let's talk about what the speaker's done first in terms of holding up the articles. Uh, we've moved, as one pundit put it this weekend, we've moved to from fo folly to farce. Uh, what I hear the speaker saying is, speaker saying, look, Senate, I am prohibiting you from hearing something that you really don't want to hear unless you do it in a way that I approve of. Um, that's odd. It's very odd. <laughs> I mean, sell, sell crazy somewhere else. We're all stocked up here. Uh, that's just crazy. And they knew, uh, Senator, I mean, Senator, they knew if they passed these articles of impeachment that Republicans were in control of the U.S. And it's uh, no surprise, no hiding the fact. I mean, and that there just wasn't, I mean, even the polls, they're just not, any bipartisan support at all for these two articles of impeachment. I think they, they're just scared. I don't think they really want to defend them. And I mean, I'm on the president's legal team. I, I would love to, to go up against and, and have them cross-examined on, you know, this idea of obstruction of Congress by going to court, considering the president who uh, we represent in the Supreme court case has just had three cases granted. So is the Supreme court now obstructing Congress too? If, if you good question, if, if you ask privately, uh, most senators, they're not going to say it publicly, but most senators, nine out of 10 senators will tell you that they don't want to hear this case. And the 10th is lying. 
So the speaker has no leverage. Does, does she really think that that Senator Jones would like to hear this case in the middle of his race? I don't Senator think the Democrat Collins? from Alabama wants to hear that and, and vote on that. No, I don't. I, I mean, it's ludicrous. What I think we ought to do uh, is 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 turn to the speaker and say, "Look, um, thank you very much. We're going to send you a fruit basket. In the meantime, we're going back to work, and I think we ought to take up the USMCA." Yep. And the surprise medical billing bill and uh, the prescription drug reform bill and start our hearings on the rogue agents at the FBI, call uh, FBI Director Ray and go out about our business. And then if at some point the speaker doesn't send us the articles, because I can assure you the Senate is not going to do whatever the speaker tells us to do, not even Democrats yeah. will do that, then we can just move to dismiss the proceedings. Now, if they want to continue on and do additional impeachment proceedings, that's that's nothing more, in my judgment, than, than partisan rage. But it's also important to look at the deeper damage mm. that's done here. What the speaker is doing is treating impeachment, she's trivializing it. She's treating it yes. as just another partisan political weapon, and that's not in the common good of America. But one thing that is pretty awesome that you've been able to do while the House has been focused, and basically all Democrats, even the Senate, have kind of only been, fo- and the media, the liberal media, has been focused solely on this impeachment show, which now, you know, is a rush. It was a rush. It was a rush. It must be done now. He's a national president. Trump's a national security threat to our country. I mean, that's in their documents, uh, but we're not actually going to uh, send this over to the Senate. So it was such a rush and he's obstructing, but we can't wait for those cases and that's obstruction. And but we've got to do this now, except we don't. And you though, on the judiciary committee, while that's all that whole show has been going on, have been hard at work. And we talked about today on the show, but you've been confirming judicial nominees from President Trump. And it's been unbelievable to see the number of judicial nominees. I mean, Senator Kennedy, President Trump and Judiciary Committee working alongside, you all have been able to confirm 50 circuit court nominees already. President Obama only confirmed 55 in two terms. You're doing the work in the Senate, and I agree. I think when you come back, just get back to doing your job. I think we've confirmed some fine men and women. Uh, we've confirmed people who understand that the role of a judge is to tell us what the law is, not what it ought to be. Uh, we we haven't confirmed a single person who's going to try to rewrite the Constitution every other Thursday to satisfy a political agenda that he or she can't get by the voters. I think most Americans do not want judges to be super legislators. They want them to be judges. And and those are the kind of people that we have confirmed. And I'm very proud of that. We've also spent a lot of time on uh, Inspector General Horowitz's report. We've got more work to do. The FBI is the premier law enforcement agency in all of human history. But it's clear that at Mr. Comey's FBI, they had some rogue agents. And uh, they need to be held accountable. And I'm still waiting uh, for FBI Director Ray, in whom I have confidence, but I'm still waiting to uh, to see what actions he's going to take. I I, uh, 
I said in front of uh, General Horowitz, I, I said, what does it take to get fired around here? You know, it's it's, yeah, it's easier seriously. to divorce your spouse than get fired around this place. That's part of the, the trouble in Washington. No, and it's, been, control- it's the trouble of getting rid of it. When you say you're going to drain the swamp, you see how the swamp comes back at you. And they've come back at President Trump very aggressively. Well, we, we can't control what Speaker Pelosi is going to do here. And, you know, I, my, my approach to this is, look, I don't hate anybody. I may disagree with people, but I don't hate them. I don't hate Speaker Pelosi. Yep. But I do think that she needs to step back and try to govern with knowledge and wisdom, not with appetite and ambition. Partisan rage is is not a reason to try to overturn an election by the American people. It's just not. And she is inviting the Congress to impeach every future president for political reasons, and that's not right for America. Final question to you, uh, Senator, is this, and it's one thing that concerns me. I, I, you know, I get the moving forward with the work of the Senate, but it does, it does concern me, is that if impeachment just hangs over the head of the president by Pelosi holding on to it, um, if it, you know, how long can that go on? Because again, general election voters, they may not be as, uh, you know, just up to speed on everything. They hear he's been impeached and they think, oh, oh, I can't vote for him or that's bad. And be, and there's no trial. So he hasn't had an opportunity to be acquitted. I mean, how long can that go on? And does that concern you at all? And do you think the Senate will have a plan at some point if she just keeps stalling? Well, good question. Two points. Number one, if she ever does send the case to us, we will be fair to both sides. Sure. Uh, we, we will not we will not treat the speaker as she treated the president and total absence of due process in the House. Right. In terms of how long this can go on, the short answer is I don't know. I have read a number of um, essays by some very intelligent people that say at some point the Senate can go, OK. Um, we're just going to move to dismiss. You haven't sent them to us yet, but we're going to move in a, in a prophylactic way to say preemptive way. We're going to say we're going to move to uh, to just dismiss. I don't know if that's a legal option, but I, I, I do know this. Um, the American people are, are not stupid. Now, many of them don't have time to read Aristotle every day because they're too busy earning a living and trying to teach their kids morals. Got but that. they can see through this. This this is just yeah. rank I, partisan politics, and I think most Americans see that. And no disrespect, but I, I think politically, I think Speaker Pelosi is just kicking her own butt here. I, I yeah. don't understand. I, I it's totally very, agree with you. Very <laughs> odd. It, it is very odd. I mean, Senator, it's never worked in, in political history. It's always backfired. You know, I use the has to, hashtag on Twitter: impeachment backfire because. It's like the poll numbers just keep going down and down and down. But uh, just my final uh, statement to you as uh, as we're finishing out this segment is I do hope you have the opportunity uh, to sit and try this uh, because of people like you, I know will do a great job. You'll be fair, but you'll be tough. And it'd be great for the American people to see you, Senator Kennedy, and so, some of your other colleagues uh, be able to be part of the trial so they can see what the second stage of this and what serious uh, impeachment uh, and trial of impeachment looks like. 
we will be fair to both sides. I can I can assure you of that we, we will not uh, do what Speaker Pelosi has done. I mean, I've said this before. The House proceedings were were rigged, were rigged as a, a carnival ring toss. And and it was a it was an embarrassment to our constitution, in my judgment. And that's a statement that I think you ought to agree with, whether you're a Democrat, a Republican, or an Independent. Absolutely, Senator Kennedy. Thank you for spending this time with us, and Merry Christmas. And to you too, Merry Christmas. We'll be right back on the Sean Hannity Show. All right, folks. This is Jordan Secchio. Let me thank Sean Hannity, Linda, and the Hannity team, our production team. All of you out there listening today, all of our guests uh, for joining us. Uh, This is the first time I hosted uh, Sean's show. It was great. Uh, If you want, you can follow me on Twitter at Jordan Seculo. Go to ACLJ.org. I encourage you to pick up my new book, The Next Red Wave. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone, and and a Happy Hanukkah. We will talk to you next time on The Sean Hannity Show.